Welcome to Nursing Education Insights, an Elsevier podcast for nursing instructors, keeping you in the know with the latest in the field as we talk with leading nursing education experts on the key issues that matter to you. We are thrilled to have nurse education specialist at Elsevier, Holly Moots, as our host for today's episode. Holly provides faculty with active teaching strategies and best practices for digital products. She brings a diverse nursing background with expertise in med surge, women's health, school nursing, and pediatric mental and behavioral health. Holly has a doctor of nursing practice degree in educational leadership, as well as a master's degree in nursing education and a bachelor of science in nursing. She is an NLN certified nurse educator and a certified healthcare simulation educator through the Society for Simulation and Healthcare. We are pleased to have Cheryl Wilson, nurse educator for Shadow Health at Elsevier, to discuss the role of simulation in shaping adaptable nurses. Cheryl brings together clinical, educational, and simulation expertise in building realistic, evidence-based virtual patient simulations. Cheryl has a Doctor of Nursing practice in adult geriatric primary care, master's degree in adult health, and Bachelor of Science in nursing. Dual certified as both a family nurse practitioner and an adult health nurse practitioner, she is also an NLN certified nurse educator and a certified healthcare simulation educator through the Society for Simulation in Healthcare. Hello and welcome to Nursing Education Insights Podcast. I'm today's host, Holly Moots, Nursing Education and Implementation Manager. And in our episode today, I'll be discussing um, with Elsevier's Director of Education Research and Design, Cheryl Wilson, the impact and benefits of simulation on the nursing future. So welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so much for joining me today to discuss this timely topic of simulations. Thank you so much, Holly. It's great to be on once again. Well, you know, with times changing, constantly evolving, uh, we like to explore the benefits of simulation. We saw a huge spike of use of screen-based simulations like those in shadow health during COVID. Now that students and faculty are back in the classroom, what trends are we seeing of the continuous use of simulation across all learning modalities? Yeah, that's a great question, Holly. And you're exactly right. You know, during COVID, we saw an uptick of screen-based simulations. And that was because programs all of a sudden were no longer allowed in clinical settings for, you know, nursing students. So they had to come up with some different alternatives. And screen-based was, of course, the perfect alternative. Um, it still is a great simulation modality. Um, And, you know, again, there's different simulations for different needs. And, you know, COVID threw us into the limelight. And with mannequin-based and skills-based simulations that are offered, colleges and universities had to stop that as well. And, you know, faculty scrambling to find an alternative to a way to still have their students learn and practice, you know, screen-based was really a great way to introduce them and get them to continue learning and practicing while they were, you know, no longer allowed in clinical. Having said that, you know, 
there's still a need for screen-based simulations today because it does meet a need in the education marketplace. High-fidelity simulations serve one purpose um, with that hands-on skill. How do I do things like putting in an IV or changing a sterile dressing? Where screen-based simulations serves to help with decision-making, conversations. Um, how do you have that difficult conversation with a patient who is transgender? How do you even begin to have conversations with someone who may have um, a family member who just passed away. So I think this is a really great place to continue uh, screen-based simulation and really have that as a benefit to programs. Yeah, that's a really good point in that different modalities have different strengths. And so offering a variety helps hit all the marks for those students. I think that's really important. And also, you know, the value of that that standardized patient. We can't control what our students see in a clinical experience or even ensure that all students get that same experience, but simulation allows for that. I think that's also a, a real benefit that we get with different simulation modalities. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, screen-based simulations can provide those standardized experiences um, that faculty know that the students who go through a case where they're caring for a patient with diabetes and maybe a wound on their foot from their diabetes, that every student is having the same interaction and they can bring it back into the classroom and discuss what were the learning moments and really bring it to life in other ways than you can when you are out in clinical and you have your students where each student has a different patient they're caring for and you really don't know what kind of experiences they're going to have or how much, how much they'll be involved in that patient care when they're in clinical. Will, you know, especially in like pediatrics where a lot of times it's just observation and they're not given the ability to do stuff hands-on where in simulation, you can talk to the patients, talk to the family members, um, and we can afford that in a virtual world, which is really, you know, it's only the limit of our imagination as to what we can create. Absolutely. And what I love so much is the fluff of the clinical day is gone. It's not standing in the hallway congregated um, and, and talking about your weekend and hiding from the clinical instructor even, but all of the time is spent engaging in that patient care and that um, simulated experience. So I love that it, it does make all the time that the student spends meaningful. So pivoting just a little bit, has been really engaged in the Future of Nursing report, and it truly calls out our role in preparing nurses with the expertise to address social determinants of health and the impact on health equity and the health of diverse patients and populations. So, you know, what insights can we gain from the Future of Nursing report that you found to be significant takeaways and, and applicable as we educate the next generation of nurses? Yeah, and the Future Nursing report definitely hit the um, nail on the head here with addressing social determinants of health and diversity, equity, and inclusion 
with patients, populations, and also faculty and students. But not only having access to care for a diverse population of patients, but also a diverse set of patient experiences. Again, I, you know, I think we kind of touched on this just a moment ago, but students, you never know what kind of experience they're going to get in a hospital clinical or in an outpatient setting or in a community health setting. And we want them to have a depth and breadth of experience in clinical. So they're not just seeing the same type of patient over and over again. They really need that breadth of experience in, you know, some rural areas may or may not have access to sicker patients. They may get sent to critical access hospitals or to trauma centers. Um, so being able to engage with those virtual simulations really allows to have a very diverse set of patients that, again, that population is left to the imagination only of, you know, the development team. And uh, we're pretty creative. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, take from a lot of experiences. We talk to subject matter experts in the field to find out, you know, what are the patient types that your students really need experience with in order to best prepare them for what they'll face when they go out there into clinical practice once they've graduated. Um, it also allows us that opportunity to create, you know, scenarios where we can have problems arise with patients and see how the students make decisions about how to handle a problem like, they go in and a patient has overdosed on an opioid, you know, knowing what are the next steps that they need to take for that patient. And then also providing, you know, education to the patient afterwards um, so that they can, you know, lead a healthier life. So we can also bring up them into very different healthcare settings without having them leave their home. Um, I think this is the really exciting part is being able to bring them to a community clinic where they're caring for a patient with HIV or taking them to a school clinic where they are caring for a kid with allergies or looking at the population data for a school system to see why all of a sudden these students that are in this one classroom maybe are getting really sick all the time and having more absences, looking at that population health to determine like, what is going on here? Why are so many kids getting sick? Um, and having them be present for um, you know patients who are experiencing um, you know, difficulty during their labor and delivery process. So there's so many different areas that we can bring to life in the virtual patient simulation. I think it just all ties right back into that future of nursing report. The more exposure and experience our learners have in these scenarios, the more comfortable and confident they will be when they're out there in clinical practice. Absolutely. And, you know, I think about... <laughs> myself as a young nursing student and how just very sheltered and naive I was um, and and how much I wish I would have had some exposure and some practice having some of these conversations, some of those difficult conversations um, around things I had never even considered. Um, you know, I know you and I've talked a lot before uh, about Things like end of life conversations and how to approach those and just 
the real benefit we give our students if we can provide some opportunities for them to practice those and to gain some comfort and confidence in having those difficult conversations. Yeah, it's really important to learn how to have those conversations before you actually encounter it in real life. Um, We recently developed a new patient scenario where the patient expires. He has, you know, stage four adenocarcinoma. We know that he uh, is a DNR. We know he's about ready to expire. Um, But the really the crux of the case is caring for him and his family after he passes away. And how do you, um, you know, care for them? The really crux of the case here for caring for the not only the patient who has expired and how do you provide post-mortem care, but how do you care for the family? How to communicate uh, the patient has expired and also um, find out, are there any cultural considerations that, you know, the nurse needs to be aware of for caring for, you know, the patient who has expired at this point in time? And they're walked through that process. Um, we also have an opportunity for the learners in another case to go through a um, abuse of a child um, notification um, to the authorities. And they really walk through the questions, you know, to find out what they need to know in order to report it to the charge nurse. Uh, Because that's something very difficult that, you know, as mandatory reporters, we really need to know how to have a conversation. If you suspect something that's happened with a child, you know, what are the questions that you should be asking the parent or the guardian? And what is it that you need to report in a non-judgmental manner to the next, you know, a charge nurse? Or if you are the charge nurse, what do you then report to protective services so that an investigation can be open and making sure that it's done in a way that is non-judgmental and therapeutic. So, you know, being able to provide that safe environment uh, and allow students to make mistakes because they're not, we're not going to get it right the first time. And I think, you know, that's really important for them to make mistakes in that safe environment. And it's not going to impact our virtual patient, um, but they can also learn from it. And so when they are facing a person, uh, they've honed those skills and asking questions in a very therapeutic manner. And it just allows that conversation to happen more organically. Yeah, I think, you know, that is so important. And also it it speaks to how we can build on to those experiences and really talk with the students about how did it feel to have those difficult conversations um, and building on, you know, what did they learn? How did they get through their discomfort? Maybe they stumbled or fumbled and how could they handle it differently or better in subsequent conversations or, um, you know, just what what do they see as a, a strength or a difficulty that they faced? And I think that speaks to how do we utilize these type of resources as more than just clinical replacement, but really as real assignments um, and experiences, bringing them to class, but having that that great educator support for these 
screen-based tools. Yeah, I think that's such a great point, Holly. It goes back to how can this benefit students outside of clinical replacement? Um, You know, I kind of mentioned this briefly, but this can be brought to life in a classroom. After students have gone through one of their virtual patient scenarios or assignments, you can have small group discussions. You can have a larger group discussion with the entire class having reflection activities or a debriefing activity with smaller groups is really important to help the learners connect what happened in the scenario to what do they think is going on and then how can they apply that to their clinical practice. So, you know, when you have them caring for a patient who maybe isn't, um, hasn't been able to attend dialysis three times a week because their car wasn't working. You know, how do you have that conversation, not just in the scenario with the patient, but bring that into the classroom and kind of talk through like, why is it so important for patients to go to hemodialysis three times a week? What are the consequences? How can you educate a patient in a non threatening way, make it very therapeutic so that they can really do the best that they can, but also help them understand their own symptoms so that they can manage their own disease process. Because ultimately, I think our goal as nurses is really to ensure that our patients can care for themselves the best that they can when they have chronic diseases away from acute care settings. You know, when we work in hospitals, we see them at the worst of the worst usually, unless they're having something good happening, like having a baby. But for the most part, we see when people, when they're very sick, they've had a trauma, you know, those are the times when we're caring for them. So the thing is nursing, uh, as nurse educators and you know, being able to ensure our learners come out of this with a way to really educate patients so that they can be healthy, they understand their chronic disease and can manage it um, to the best that they can is really important. So I think that's why the debriefing and having those reflection activities are so important to bring that to life. Um, You know, we've all had those post-conference experiences with our students where Each student talks about the patient they took care of that day. Um, And the rest of the group can chime in and say, well, what about this? And ask questions. And it is a very good exercise. But when they've had a shared experience of caring for the same patient, it changes the discussion that they have. It changes the learning. They've all been exposed to the same patient. Um, And I think it really allows them to have good insight Um, from their peers and provides them with their own insight. So there really is a value in that shared experience. Um, And then there's also that value of those, I don't think it's being utilized enough where, um, you know, instead of being, here's an assignment, go do it, really just bringing it back and and having faculty say, don't just do the assignment. We're going to talk about it. We're going to engage with it. I think we really need to reinforce that with educators. So there's value for the students that they're just not doing an assignment just to do it. There's a value that we're assigning to it. And when you talk about it in the classroom, when you have group discussions about it, 
I think the students take away from that is, oh, my faculty really valued that I took the time to do this assignment because now we're talking about it. Um, and so I think that's really important to see what they've learned from it. What was their takeaway? Are there even things that they would want to change? I, I think there's, it's always good to hear from them. Well, I, you know, this was good, but maybe if this had happened, I think it would be a better scenario. So we like to hear that as well. 100%. I I just, I can remember doing um, simulation for the first time with students as an educator and having them say, I wish our post-conference was like our post-sem. And I had them expand on that because I, I didn't understand what they were saying. And then I realized that it was a lot of singular sharing after clinical, but that they really felt the depth of the conversation after that simulation. And so whether it's an in-person sim, a screen-based sim, like you said, showing the value of that assignment and that it's not just for a check, you did it, now let's move on, or you got your points, now let's move on, but that there's real value in the learning experience. Um, students really do pick up on that. Um, you know, one thing that I have heard sometimes from faculty in my work here is that they already have a full um, a full basket of assignments and activities for their students. And they identify that some of these simulations, these screen-based opportunities are fantastic, but they don't know where to fit them in. And, you know, I typically, and, and the educators on our team, typically do some consultation to, to look at what what are those assignments that are filling up your course? And maybe um, there's a better for, better or more meaningful um, use of time for your students. And so maybe a paper that made sense uh, 10 years ago when you took over this course uh, isn't serving the purpose or the need in the way that some of those uh, simulated patient scenarios could, um, and really to help close that gap from the classroom to the clinical uh, experience. So when we think about some of the other benefits of simulation and some of our other goals as educators is we're always looking to help our students think about their role as a nurse and the nursing profession. So how do you see simulation and some of these um, simulation experiences supporting those goals? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that, you know, the screen-based simulation, especially because there is a that shared experience that all the students have, is we're starting to model behaviors when we have those debriefs or we have a reflection activity where when you're in clinical practice and you have a patient, let's say that comes in, everything looks good, they're ticking along and then all of a sudden they code and it's a really tough code. Maybe it doesn't have the best outcome. And a lot of times what we'll do as nurses and as staff, we will debrief about that and find out and, and kind of talk through it so that you can move on to, you know, caring for the rest of your patients. And we want to start modeling that behavior 
to our students about that professional behavior and about being a professional nurse and how you can debrief and process situations when they're happening in the hospital so you can move on. And I think, you know, this is a really important piece to have that professional behavior um, early on in the simulations because this is an expectation of a professional nurse. So I think this is a really great way to see how the students process the information that they've just had. And again, faculty can provide guidance on how you know, this impacts you as a professional nurse and ways to handle it. So I think this is a really great way to not only just kind of take the simulation at face value, but there's so much more you can do with the simulation between what you do in the classroom and discussing it and then talking about, you know, you can even add in, well, what if this happened to the patient? How would you handle it then? Because they already know the, the patient. Um, and kind of applying that knowledge to a new situation, and then also modeling the nursing professional behaviors very early on so that you're starting to grow them, not only as learning the content, learning how to critically think, but also how to be a member of our profession, which I think is so important. Yes, thank you so much, Cheryl, for this great conversation. You know, from providing exposure to those diverse patient populations and settings, to consistent patient experiences and those shared lived experiences for our students to support their learning and their professional behaviors, there is so much value in simulation and especially in those rich uh, screen-based simulation uh, opportunities. So this has been really timely, great conversation with some great takeaways for our nursing educators. Thank you, Holly. Thank you for listening to the Nursing Education Insights Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the lively discussion. Stay tuned for the next episode. For resources related to this episode and more, go to myevolve.us slash podcast.